0: Welcome to season four of Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host, and her name is Whitney Nelson.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yes.
0: I didn't grab a thing from this. No, I was
1: going to say, this is a very different intro than I'm used to. You've caught me unprepared. (laughs)
0: Right. I didn't. I sometimes I don't pull quotes. Sometimes it's because the movie doesn't have it. Sometimes it's because it's tough to get something from a film that doesn't want to give you a lot. Mm -hmm. I I digress. I digress. Whitney. Yes. Happy to have you here. As always. Happy to be here. Happy
1: to have you here, Andrew.
0: Uh, I do what I can. I saw. I don't know if you saw. I'm trying to come up with some names here for some things because I was I was pricing out domain names for everything and mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if this is a this is might be exclusively a me problem but it in is January, not exclusively
1: a <laughs> problem it's <laughs> okay, a <good. laughs> problem for almost every person i know because i have such a large circle of podcast friends and all of us are bigger than our own britches and right. have more than one podcast so this this idea of multiple streams of revenue going out thing is it is not just a you problem
0: (laughs) right january is a tough month for me just for do just for domains alone i'm like oh my gosh so we got some big projects coming up so i gotta Mm -hmm. try to centralize these however we can but Mm -hmm. we'll get we'll get there we this is 10 of this is one of 10 that -hmm. we're ramping down here so Let's uh, let's give it all we got, even if mm-hmm. this this isn't the greatest kickoff.
1: <laughs> it's certainly not an upper of a kickoff. And I do want to say before we even get to the the you know basics and whatever, I do want to have a content warning. There is yeah. uh, this movie is about disordered eating and body image and the we are going to talk a lot about disordered eating and body image because i have as per usual a lot of thoughts and feelings and so if that is something that is potentially triggering to you uh, i recommend you skipping this episode of both the podcast and the movie um because there's all that's basically all we're going to be talking about so yeah yeah it may be better for your health to take a pass on this one. If not, then uh, we can get started.
0: All right. All right. And as we always do, let's just uh, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Some, some emails and tweets. Uh, as always, up top, I want to mention, you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us, coolbreezepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. Friend of the show, Zoe P, wrote in with some cool stuff. So I'm going to read that. Uh, she, she said the following, uh, the reckoning was fun to listen to. I've been trying to compile my ranking for weeks now and I can't do it. (laughs) I've got 30 go-to Keanu films. Bless your heart, Zoe. That's a lot of
1: go-to Keanu
0: films. (laughs) Right. Mood depending, including street Kings, private Idaho, permanent record, the replacements. It's too hard. So kudos to you all who have managed to do it. Uh, She also asks if we were wondering, uh, she was wondering if we're going to be covering Swedish dicks. Uh, It's a show that uh, Keanu features quite significantly in, and it's Peter Stormare's brainchild. And and it's apparently a a doozy. doozy. (laughs) Right. So uh, I have to look into that to see. uh, I don't know if you would be game to do something like that, Whitney. I feel like that would probably maybe a season Per, instead of per episode?
1: Yeah, I think watching the season and then giving our overall thoughts for the season uh, is definitely something that I would do. I don't think we necessarily need an episode of the podcast per episode of the show. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I'm down to, to recap anything that he's in. We definitely focused on movies and we specifically focused, um, we've left out several made for TV movies as well so we've kind of skipped television as a whole but i'm don't totally down to like do a bonus episode or to do one episode on the series or you know that kind of stuff so i'm definitely in to cover it especially because i do like peter stormare a lot as we talked about in the last episode
0: (laughs) absolutely frequent collaborator (laughs) so Mm uh and then so weird jody brings it up in the chat is literally the next line of zoe's email Also, a little bonus on the Squarespace ads, the ads that launched Keanu, uh, a thousand Keanu gifts. Those ads are hilarious.
1: So I was trying. I remember them being a thing. Yeah. I can't remember the ads themselves. And now, granted, we've talked about this before. I have a memory like Swiss cheese. (laughs) I can't remember what I ate for dinner an hour ago. So like this is not an uncommon problem for me, but it is something where I was like yeah. I can't actually remember why like what happens in those ads. I do remember that he was in them.
0: Yeah, they're they're very over the top, but it is it is grounded in the fact that the he it's him making a Squarespace site for Arch Motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. I mean, we did uh, we did the music video we did and the this is dual
1: music video. So we might as well.
0: Yeah. Why not? It could, it could be a cool bonus episode. Even if it's only 10 minutes, they are, they are yeah. very funny.
1: Basically nothing is off limits, especially if you guys are into hearing about it. Yeah. Why I'm not? I'm into it. Uh, it may be a short episode, but it could be an episode.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Zoe then continues These are part of the Keanu Sans where Keanu became more than just a movie star and infiltrated society's consciousness with his amazingness and are worthy of your time I think Keep up the good work Thank you Zoe But that's not that's not where it that's stopped with Zoe She <laughs> followed Zoe up Zoe
1: has given us a true gem
0: <laughs> It's so good She <laughs> she follows up with an email where her mom ranked her favorite Keanu films and this list is unbelievable. She Pretty said her mom list. did this in about 5 minutes. So, uh,
2: I'm
1: not totally a uh, separate from Zoe's mom. So, <laughs> make of that way you will. All right. But here's Zoe's the, mom's list. Yeah.
0: The list it's it's numbered 7, but it's a little bit, you'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh number 1 is the John Wick trilogy. <laughs> that is number 1. The enti- mm-hmm. so, I the guess eventually it'll be the John Wick quadrilogy, I guess. Uh, She insists on watching them all together, uh, but there has to be enough wine in the house for this task.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a really good weekend.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of
1: wine and a lot of John Wick, and I am pretty into that idea. (laughs) I think your mom and I could hang out, Zoe.
0: There you go. Uh, Number two is A Walk in the Clouds, which is great. Lovely film.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Number three is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Not Bogus Journey, which fully agree fully agree yes 100% number, f- number 4 is the devil's advocate and the the reasoning behind this is uh, that she quote, likes <laughs>
1: the quote that goes along with the devil's advocate is my favorite part of this list
0: yeah she likes the florida stud thing quote, keanu has going on the stud on. thing <laughs> so, that's uh, no. like
1: the mommest thing anyone's ever said with the devil's advocate the i just have stud. to say
0: oh my gosh Number 5 is the Matrix, not 2 and 3, just the Matrix singular. Mm-hmm. Same. 6 is 47 Ronin. Okay. Okay. And uh rounding out the list at number 7, Toy Story 4. So yes. there you go. Duke Kaboom. Coming up on <laughs> that one quick. Oh my gosh. And then uh so thank you Zoe, that's incredible. Uh, tell your mom have her listen to this. We uh We love you Zoe. We love mom. her. Yeah. She's the best. So, mm-hmm. and a great list. What a great list. Really, it is truly. really
1: great list. I may not agree with every part of it, but sure. I agree with a lot of parts of it, and I agree with them very strongly.
0: Right. The Some of the reasonings are mm-hmm. undeniable. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if you don't, yeah.
1: Even if Devil's Advocate is nowhere close to my top 10, <laughs> I cannot argue with the,
0: the logic stud. of the Florida
1: yeah. stud thing.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> Uh, And then yesterday we had uh, a listener uh, tweet at us and I thought this was really, really cool. So uh, Claire Marinello, she sent us out of the blue. It was late, too. I was up late and this was one in the morning and I'm like, oh, I got a tweet. What is it? She wrote, I started listening to your show in April as background entertainment while I sewed homemade masks with cloth cut from former bedsheets and quilts. I just finished your May 7 episode and my 100th mask. Couldn't have done it without you. So, oh my gosh.
1: We are we are glad Bravo. to be your company while you sew 100 masks.
0: Yes. That's, that's quite a feat. <laughs> while we sit around and shoot the shit about Keanu, you do yeah, the actual well, work well, we're is what
1: I <laughs> around on the internet.
0: Right. You're
1: keeping people safe.
0: So thank you, Claire. That was, that was great to hear as always. Uh, so if you're watching live on Periscope or Twitch, Jody, I see you, Zoe, I see you. I'm pretty sure. And you are
1: individual and unique people with your own characteristics.
0: Right. You have to have noticed how much of a pause I put between your <laughs> uh-huh. <their> names now. <laughs> it's so deliberate. I can't help it. Uh Feel free to chime in with your two cents along the way. Uh, We'll read your comments aloud. Some of you have written in beforehand, so we'll definitely get to that in a bit. Uh, And yeah, just uh, just hang out. Let's be excellent. And then finally, uh, as always, please share the show with your friends. Rate and review us on iTunes. Brings more folks in the fray. That'll get people on board here for when we eventually transition over into Kurt. So hopefully y'all will just follow right over with us. That would be great.
1: Totally get you're it here. if you don't, because sure. you're a diehard Keanu fan. But we are going to keep making this as long as Keanu keeps making stuff. So whether we die first or he dies first, we're doing it until one of us <laughs> dies. So
2: Right. That, that's
1: the final word we may, on it. we may slow down, but we aren't going to stop. But we would love all of you wholeheartedly to follow us to Kurt, because I think while I may not have the same feelings for Kurt that I do for Keanu, I think I may develop those feelings for Kurt over the course of the next series because we have a wild ride to go on.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's gonna that's the fun of it right there. That's really the fun of it. All right. So that's all the housekeeping. That's all that stuff. It's only two of us, so I will also handle the synopsis if that's okay. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. I wanna make sure I'm talking a lot.
1: Zoe right. says no one's allowed to die on either end. So I guess we're doing this podcast eternally, forever, because Keanu can't die and neither can we.
0: That's okay. Generally, when you have to do something eternally, it is often considered in the punishment column. This is not that at all. This is like, yeah, why no, wouldn't I do I this? I'm happy to.
1: As long as, <laughs> long as it, we can keep doing it, I am delighted to keep doing it. So
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So tell us what we're talking about today, Andrew.
0: Oh, ok. So today we are talking about the film to the Bone. And I pulled the plot synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes here, and it says, based on the real-life experiences of writer director, of the writer director, to the Bone shares the story of twenty year old Ellen and her battle with anorexia. Ellen enters a group home run by an unconventional doctor where she and the other residents, go on a sometimes funny, sometimes harrowing journey, navigating their addictions and finding the path to choosing life, which is a lot in a synopsis. That's a lot uh, to, yeah, so uh, this was written and directed by Marty Noxon, that's N-O-X-O-N who's worked primarily as a pro- as a producer on television shows you've definitely watched so on this sh- very this is like an abridged list, but we have Angel, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Grey's Anatomy, Mad Men, Code Black, and most recently on HBO's Sharp Objects. Yeah. So I guarantee you've seen one of those shows. Oh uh, I mean <laughs> Many of them, probably. This
1: will come as a surprise to nobody, but I am a Dyed in the Wool Buffy and Angel fan. There you go. Um and so I I stand and have stand Marty Knoxon for quite some time. Which I think maybe contributed to my feelings about this movie, uh, both positively and negatively.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. All right. I've. I mean, also, I've seen, seen a little bit uh, of everything. Doctor Horrible
1: sing along blog. She's the female newscaster.
0: Oh really? That's her. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
1: If you want to know what Marty Knoxon looks like, she's the female newscaster in like 0. 0.5 seconds of Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along Block.
0: I'll have to revisit that. It's been a mm-hmm. bit damn writer strike. It gave us gold though. It gave us gold. So did. uh co-starring alongside Keanu is Rebecca Kennedy, Lily Collins, Dana L. Wilson, Zaya Colon, Joanna Sanchez and liana liberato so whitney i'm very curious about this what did the critics what did the people have to say about this movie
1: all right so on rotten tomatoes we have a 71 percent critical score and a 64 percent audience score both of which are higher than i would have assumed to be honest Um, We have a critic quote from April Wolf of The Village Voice who says, though to the bone isn't quite enjoyable to watch, it's acted well and is, in its depiction of this all too pervasive disorder, essential. Uh, And then we have a user quote from Sharuk E. on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. we. Who says, anorexia is a hard subject to talk about, just like any mental illness, or any illness for that matter. I think it's because people always expect life to be perfect. Perfection in life, sadly, doesn't exist. However, perfection does exist in the directing and production and acting of this movie. This might be one of the best movies made addressing illnesses in general. Which is strong strong words, Shuruk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: um, we will go on to discuss some listener thoughts. Zoe says, I like this film, but it's not easy to watch. Of course, it's a difficult subject to tackle as it's vast and a 90 minute film won't even scratch the surface of the why's and where But this film feels true to me. Keanu did well. A very natural performance as a doctor just telling the hearth truths of the situation. The scene with Keanu examining the bruising down Lily Collins back was especially tough to see. Also, the dancing in the rain scene was uplifting for me, as well as the characters. Also loved the sister relationship to That Felt Right. This won't be a film that I will watch very often, but it is a recommend.
2: Hmm.
1: And then okay. Melissa Chonka says, This movie was a big old trigger for me. I had an eating disorder in my college years and still do to an extent. I did appreciate how it felt open and honest. I thought Keanu did a fine job as a doctor. He seemed really comfortable in the role. I loved the stepmom twice a week like clockwork. Uh, I did not like Luke. Ugh, that kid just annoyed me. <laughs> we'll talk about Luke. Don't worry, Luke. Melissa. We will talk about Luke. Uh, I would give it a solid C+. Not sure if I would recommend it, giving the subject matter. But I thought, But overall, I thought it was good. And then listener Daniel Spencer said, I hated every second of this movie. Maybe it's because I was in the wrong headspace for it, but felt very much but it felt very much like a hollow attempt at addressing a serious issue. Also, the characters of Luke and Susan seem to be painted as not shitty at the end when they were both really shitty characters, in my opinion. I feel like it played into easy tropes. For instance, bad things happen to a woman just for emotional reaction, as Megan's tragic story didn't seem to push any of the narrative along. Also, it kind of felt like a love saves the girl story where this hallucination of a boy convinces her she's dazzling. So she should be rid of her serious mental illness. A boy who literally told her that he was putting all of his eggs in her basket and completely relying on her emotionally without seeming to give anything back. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are just a handful of reviews on this yeah. movie. Uh, Andrew,
0: I go first. <laughs> yeah, you go first in this one. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I don't, let me first say, I have no, uh, experience with this really, like in terms of an eating disorder or anything like that. Right. And I don't want to, please let me know if I'm, uh, Essentially, I don't want to diminish anybody's experience, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Including the writer director of this, mm-hmm. who apparently based it off of her. I mean, again, air quotes, right? Based it off of her, her own real personal life events. experiences. Yeah,
1: for right?
0: sure. So, given that, um, I I didn't really care for this movie, right? Uh I thought it was it was difficult to watch because it is a a, a very real thing, mm-hmm. right? It is when, you know, I don't know what Lily Collins, I I guess that was her. I don't know like mm-hmm. it was to see the ribs and the and the back bruising as I believe Zoe had mentioned and everything like that. Makeup and potentially special effects in this movie were very very affecting. Like
1: there I was, was like, wow. little to no special effects in this
2: movie. Wow! Just so you then, know. holy it, that, that shit.
1: makes it it makes it even worse. Uh, w- trust me, we're going to talk about that a lot in just a second when it's my turn.
0: Okay. Yeah. So then, uh God, I I, I really would only want to. Talk about this from like mostly like a technical point of view, then. And I I guess Keanu, right? So Mm -hmm. for me,
1: so like it was hard to watch, but were you engaged? That's an important question because we've seen hard to watch movies that I could not stay tuned into. So this being hard to watch because of the subject matter and because some of the things that you see and whatever, is it still a story that kept your attention?
0: it did and that's because i was hoping to understand right mm-hmm. um and i don't know if it gave me any more insight into what the the source of of an eating disorder is or 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 potential solutions for it like mm-hmm. to have this idea of a uh, a doctor whose treatments are unconventional, right? And he's mm-hmm. just a guy who shoots you straight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that works. But it felt like it was in stark contrast to what I was seeing there where like these people are in very they are in pain, right? They don't mm-hmm. want to it, 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 that all came across very clearly in the acting and the writing to me mm-hmm. is like yikes. That is a prison in your own mind, right? And I just don't know if this unconventional treatment of a guy telling you like there is no perfect and it's you're never going to be safe. And there's no better time to start than now is is an effective way to treat a mental illness. I just I, I don't I don't see that. I didn't I didn't that didn't come through with me for me, at least. Um, maybe it is. I don't know. But for me, it felt like very pandery. Mm-hmm. That was like that's when it felt most like a movie, like when Keanu was giving uh, a rousing monologue type situation to these people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it was it's like technically competently shot, right? And I, I was not looking away for better or worse. Like it did not. I was not like checking my phone. I was like tuned in to the mm-hmm. film. But overall. I I don't, I I don't think I would ever watch it again. I don't think I would, I don't know if there's a better version of this story, if you want to call it that, or like something that tackles this subject matter more appropriately. I I feel like in my gut, there has to be right. And whether that's another narrative film or a documentary or some, some mixture of the two, Mm -hmm. um, this just did not feel to me to be an accurate portrayal of treatment the disease absolutely mental illness p- potentially to s- as well but again this is coming from my very kind of privileged and narrow perspective on on this exact topic so that's mm-hmm. why I, i'm like tiptoeing i don't want to like you know like i don't really know anything so i can't that's i don't really want
1: to that's like yeah a fine pers- not knowing anything is a fine perspective to bring into this I yeah. definitely feel as someone who has an inside understanding of some of this stuff, I have very different feelings. But also, it has to appeal to the average person to be a good movie. Like, it has to engage you in some way to work outside of this. Can't just be a movie for people who struggle with disordered eating and body image. This has to be a movie that anyone can watch and get something out of. So, I think it's totally fair, whatever your thoughts are. From an outsider's perspective, because that's why people make movies is for outsiders to see them, you know?
0: Yeah, I will say I agreed pretty strongly with uh, Dan and I guess Melissa about the character of Luke. So as a character, as someone who is also going through this, um, an eating disorder, a mental illness as well, I liked him right? But this relationship that he began to form with Lily Collins' character, that felt uh, that felt like it would lead to not great results. And I don't know, like, I don't know if it's that situation where it's good to have someone going through it as support and someone who understands, but it felt more like a, potentially like a crutch situation. So, Again, as someone speaking basically out of his ass about the entire thing, I I can only speak to how it like made me feel, not Mm -hmm. necessarily like whether that is good or bad. So that's that's really what I have to say. It's not much (laughs) like. Mm -hmm. um, As a film, a narrative with a beginning, middle and end shot, edited, all perfectly well done. The subject matter Is going to vary I think Person to person wildly uh, On how you Absorb this kind of thing Mm -hmm. So that's That's my very (laughs) Diplomatic tiptoe to the Overly
1: diplomatic (laughs) yeah, Yeah Yeah I definitely feel like um, You couched a lot of stuff But I also feel like Totally fair what you have to say So Um, it's time for Whitney's thoughts and feelings corner, I guess. Um, so I have a history of disordered eating, uh, and body image stuff. I, as a teenager struggled with it a lot. Um, a lot of people didn't even notice, which is actually one of my pet peeves of this movie is everyone in this movie who is anorexic looks like. And and this is kind of brought up in the whole Tumblr thing, but they all look like billboards for pro-anorexia, which is mm. an online movement of people who post images of anorexia and and uh, very unhealthy body images as thinspiration. Uh, this movie looks like thinspiration. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think that it does support eating disorders at all there was a lot of stuff that when this movie came out uh, a lot of people saying don't watch it it's like a how-to guide for anorexia don't let your kids watch it because it's a how-to guide for anorexia and what i can tell you right now is that as someone who had anorexia and at one point weighed literally half of what i weigh now um i Anyone who's anorexic already knows what's in this movie. This is not a how-to guide. No one is coming into this who's experienced it with... um, No one's getting new information out of this. It might be new information for people who have no experience with disordered eating in any way. Um, But I feel like this is very, very glossy trite is a very good word to describe this i love a good coming of age movie and i love i have always been drawn to because of a myriad of mental disorders uh and illnesses i have always been drawn to stories about mental uh illnesses and disorders um so this should be right in my wheelhouse but i feel like this is a very um This is like, to me, it's like watching Girl Interrupted now. Where Girl Interrupted was initially written in the 70s or 80s and then made into a movie in the mid to late 90s. And it has an element of truth to it that feels very real to people who've gone through anything like that. But also does not in any way talk about anything that's going on in any of the language that we would use now. And the moral of the story is... Also very against what any counselor would recommend now. The biggest problem with this movie is the idea that you need to hit rock bottom in order to effectively be treated. Yeah. That's the only thing in this movie that I think is dangerous. I I do think this movie is triggering. I think watching people count the calories and talk about the tricks and, and run up and down the stairs to burn off calories and that sort of stuff is triggering if you are someone who has suffered or continues to work through issues with disordered eating. Um, but I think that all of the language of it comes from Marty Knoxon 30 years ago and not how we would talk at all in any way about disordered eating now Mm -hmm. um so to me there's a lot of generalizations the whole broken home your family's a mess thing is such a stereotype for mental illness in general but also specifically for disordered eating that like it's a way to control the world around you every stereotype and trope about anorexia and bulimia is showcased in this movie very prominently and i think that that's harmful because there is no one way that anyone has a disordered eating. Like no background is the same, no cause is the same. Families don't cause disordered eating any more than families cause mental illness. Like are there contributing factors? Yes. But are there factors way outside of your family? Absolutely. Um I think that <sighs> this looks like a 30 years ago definition of of eating disorders in a now era. So to me a lot of stuff is glossed over, a lot of stuff is generalized. There is a boy in the clinic who has an eating disorder and it's nice to see someone male being mm-hmm. portrayed as having an eating disorder because there's a heck of a large amount of the population of people with eating disorders are are men and it's never ever talked about. There is one person of color in the very beginning in the first um program inpatient program that she's in and there's one person of color in the home at the end the more like avant-garde treatment home um but other than one latinx person and one black person there's no other people of color um so i feel like that is one of the things where it's overly generalized in a house full of mostly people who are anorexic because our main character is anorexic there's one maybe two people with bulimia and one person who binge eats and the binge eater only eats peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon which is made me really upset and of course is portrayed as a larger person um the majority of people who struggle with eating disorders are not skinny um you the majority of people are average weight or above that struggle with disordered eating so i do feel like This whole portrayal of people who are skin and bones, it's not untrue. Because once you get to that point where you're literally about to die and they have to force feed you through a tube, um, you do get that small. But the majority of people that suffer with this illness are not that small. And there's a very stereotypical young white pretty girl who has this problem with most of the cast in this movie that I take issue with. Um... I also think that Marty Knoxon specifically talked about one thing that I remember from from the press beforehand was talking about how isolating that the illnesses are, how isolating you you become, uh, and she wanted to depict that in in this movie, and I feel like she did the exact opposite. I feel like the amount of loving and concerned support she had from all of her family and the uh how easily she made friends in a treatment center Mm -hmm. um all of that kind of says the opposite to me of how hard it is and how isolating it can be to have this illness i feel like she's a pretty social person for a person like going through anorexia and all these inpatient treatments she also has the money to go to several inpatient treatments. She's in (laughs) house number four. um, And so there's definitely a crazy amount of privilege to this unorthodox treatment facility and whatever, uh, and how she's dealt with it all. I have a huge problem with Luke uh, in this movie. Not because I think it's an unfair portrayal. I think that everybody that has been involved in this movie in some way or who has experienced something like this probably has met someone like him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that he is portrayed as, like Dan said, he's portrayed as a nice guy or a good character. And literally nothing he does shows that he has any understanding of consent or boundaries or really caring about what other people want at all. Um, He makes a joke about women being just a bunch of holes to fuck, saying, like, I'm better than that, but that's the way that he words the joke. And then he immediately goes in to to make out with her without consent and gets pissed off when she's like, whoa, I'm not ready for this. He gets mad and walks away. In addition to, I am pinning all of my hopes and dreams in recovery. On you, because ballet has fallen through for me. So you're the only thing that's good in my life now, and you have to make it worth it, essentially. Um, Huge problems all around with him. I don't really think that there's anything redeeming. And I think the fact that he is, A, the only male on the horizon, and B, she does fall for him a bit, gives it the movie this tinge of relationships can make you whole and save you from even, you know, rock bottom. Yeah. It's not the primary focus of this movie, but it is, there's enough of it undercurrenting the whole story that I feel like it's too much in the spotlight. I would think that there should be a lot more focus of doing it for yourself than doing it for somebody else. Um, particularly when they're kind of a shitty person who doesn't respect consent or boundaries. <laughs> um. I also have a huge issue with the fact that the main actress has suffered from anorexia for a lot of her life and had to lose weight for this role. Um, she specifically had talked about at the time how she had anorexia and that's part of why she wanted to be in this movie and she had a story to tell, but they brought in a nutritionist to bring, uh, to get an already thin actress down to an unhealthy weight. Um, and she was taking supplements and there was a nutritionist there and there was whatever and she was like, I never missed a day of work, I never slept through anything, I never, you know, but making making a person who has gone through this very thing that you're talking about carefully monitor every single thing that they consume and lose weight to an unhealthy level for a role about fighting that illness makes me very angry. Um, specifically because there was not special effects. She was that then. she She, along with people paid to help her, made herself that thin for the movie when that's something that she's fought against through a significant portion of her life. Um, so I feel like this is, there's a lot of stuff that they do that feels very accurate. Uh, I don't want to portray a t- entirely negative view of this movie because I do feel like as someone who's dealt with disordered eating, there's so much that rings true that it is clearly a story being told by people who feel the story deeply. I just feel like it's like a Disneyland version of anorexia. And it is not a honest portrayal of treatment or of what deserves treatment. I think that again, so 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 horribly appalling that for this character in particular, the only way to get better is to hit rock bottom. Because historically, Uh, And statistically, the earlier that you start actively fighting eating disorders, the more likely it is to recover from them. No doctor in the world is going to say she has to hit bottom and decide to die and then not die before she can be saved. Um, That's the thing that makes this movie a no-go for me. Is yeah. In the end, there's a lot of stuff that rings true. I feel like there's some stuff that's very fun. I do love a coming-of-age movie, so the stuff like like the rain uh, art installation and, the you know, some of the jokes and the sarcasm and being a quirky 20-something and whatever, I enjoyed. But I think overall, it just can't play for me because the main moral of the story of this person needing to find rock bottom before they deserve treatment is incredibly harmful to anyone who needs treatment and now feels like they don't deserve getting it because they're not at rock bottom because they're functional because no one's noticed yet. It's so harmful. I think Keanu was fine in this. I don't think he did a bad job. I think he was charismatic and charming and handsome, but he's charismatic and charming and handsome. I don't think that this role was anything specifically that like called out to me as a Keanu role. Um the score is great. I love the soundtrack. Um, but that's it. I think that the rest of it... And the, like the acting and the casting in general is very well done. I totally agree with... I think it was Zoe who said that the sister relationship felt very real. Because it yeah. did feel feel very real. And I think that it was the most grounding part of this movie. But I think too much of it was just shiny and pretty and white and rich. And is a a person with more family than the average person supporting them and trying to get them help and trying to get them better which makes somebody who has no help and no support feel even worse about themselves um Mm -hmm. i think that there needs to be less of a pretty rich white girl with all of the support of her family narrative for this to ring as true as they wanted it to
0: i i Want to float something out here to see if what your thoughts would be if if it was approached this way? So there are. This is a Netflix movie, right? Produced by, uh, you know, the whole the, the studio is Netflix, right? And they have a, um, how would you put this? A proclivity, it seems, to make movies by committee, right? Like the original stuff that Netflix puts out is, is often very good. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes it is also very derivative, right? Mm -hmm. Like Ozark. I love Ozark, right? But to tell me that that was not based off of the exact template of Breaking Bad and three other shows that I watch and Mm -hmm. then just rolled into one, right? So I'm wondering if Netflix approached this, and this may be where I, I would have maybe been able to connect with a little bit more. Cause when you're saying the things like, I feel like I noticed that it was very rich and very white. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, for whatever reason, I didn't verbalize that. If this was like a mini series, right? Maybe like, I don't know, six episodes, for instance. And that that being for this focused on the six individual people that were there and all of their stories, Mm -hmm. I feel like that might've worked a little bit better for me because that supporting cast for the little bit that they were given were very effective to me.
1: They were, I, I definitely think there was some strong character stuff there. And I think it is important to see a man with an eating disorder. I think it is important to see big girls with eating disorders. I do think it's important to see people of color with eating disorders. I think that, um, the character who didn't think she could get pregnant and then did and then was trying to, you know, I uh, totally agree with Dan in that that was a horrifying subplot for it to not really push anything anywhere or mean anything to the main character. Um, I do think that it was a very interesting and realistic portrayal of a type of eating disorder and a type of way of handling an eating disorder. And I think that A more nuanced depiction as a miniseries would definitely have helped this a lot. Uh, I still think having Marty Noxon talk about her 30 years ago eating disorder, but making it now. There's stuff in here like the joke about not being on trend enough to be a cutter. Right. That... Pleases someone who had an eating disorder 30 years ago and thinks that they're not on trend enough to be a cutter. Like, that doesn't... That is not a now response. And it is not a 20-year-old's response. That is a Marty Noxon thinking that cutters think they're cool response. So I definitely think that it still would have been lost over in a certain way even as a mini series but i do think seeing those character stories more in depth would have helped a lot mm. would have helped humanize it and and shown more of the spectrum of eating disorders
0: yeah that is the that is the one thing that to me is a little cloudy at the end of this like how much time has actually elapsed here like uh i don't i, I mean it could be that I was not paying attention to that fact, but I don't know. Is, yeah, they is don't this... elaborate.
1: She has to go in yeah. for a minimum of six weeks. Yeah, but that doesn't really explicitly talk about how long she was there. I don't think she was there very long.
0: Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot in a for ninety minutes, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that uh, you did a much better job uh, elaborating and elucidating on on and making. Well-formed points about this film. So listen to Whitney. <laughs> don't listen to me about about this. I don't know if there's. I'm looking at our notes here. I don't know if there's anything else specifically. I think that's.
1: I think that's all the stuff that I had to say. I feel like I might even be missing stuff because I had a lot to say, but I think I've covered most of it.
0: All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot for a for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and please, if this has to come after the fact, let me know. Do you, can you think of any movies off the top of your head that deal with, n- not maybe not necessarily an eating disorder, but any kind of mental illness in a, well, in a more sophisticated... Girl Interrupted is the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would I would be curious to see how other people have approached this. I'm sure that this topic has been analyzed from multiple different angles in film, Uh, it's just not something I've been exposed.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know that there's a few, I don't think that any have specifically outright dealt with it as much as this. So Mm. there's a book called thin that was, I believe made into like a movie or a documentary, um, that I read when I was smack dab in the midst of my anorexia. Um, that also I think does not age or hold up. Well, um, Mm -hmm. I think it was more of a how to guide than, than this movie was. Um, it's brought up some in a few other things. Uh, but for the most part, Girl Interrupted is like the number one movie for women with mental illness being depicted. um for the most part it's it's a lot of men. So I think Heathers maybe touches on eating disorders a little bit
0: okay in all
1: in right. memory, all right. Um, I have
0: something I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of research, independent research on myself and maybe uh, educating myself on a bit more. So I realize it is a blind spot for me. So Mm -hmm. this movie only amplified that. (laughs) It's like, oh, boy, I am out of my depth.
1: Yeah. And I do think that I give Netflix some credit for making a movie that was enjoyable and had some funny jokes and had a quirky coming of age thing that dealt with this issue because there's almost nothing out there that does deal with this issue. So I feel like putting anything out there
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is a worthwhile task. I just feel like they really missed the mark in making it too, too glossy. Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily helpful for the conversation, but it is better to have something out there about disordered eating than having nothing out there.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, at one f- one clarification, Jody in the chat uh, said that it was it was bought by Netflix, but not produced by them. They bought it after the fact. So uh, it's, it clearly, seems that that actually checks out. It's, seems very much like I a passion think project. That's
1: what they and, did with the OA. Which don't get me started on the OA. <laughs>
0: Uh, I have not watched it, I but I, I'm a hate, Brit Marling, COA. I'm, I'm a Brit Marling, uh, you know, I'm a fan, Just, yeah. you know, another earth was revelatory for me. Okay. Do we I have anything else?
1: I think we need to <laughs> finally get uh, some levity in here and, and, uh, you know, knock on the void and see what happens.
0: It's time for a a very awkward pivot to (laughs) the interstellar favorite.
2: Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She's got a lot to learn about Sportsmanship.
0: Oh my pop quiz asshole. It's our very own quizzo show where the host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal, and if they get it wrong, well, that's not an issue this week because there's only two of us. So it's all skill. It's all skill, Whitney.
1: <laughs> it is all skill, for better or for worse.
0: God knows what these questions are gonna be. I kinda just hope I don't know. I don't know what I I don't I'm hoping. I don't know.
1: I don't know what we're in for either.
0: Uh, as always, points are not cumulative and only determine who wins the episode. As we discovered uh, in The Reckoning, Whitney took season three as well as season two and season one. So everything is exactly how it should be.
1: Uh, uh. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Just an agreement. I
1: really don't like the reputation or the light that this trivia thing has painted me in. Hey, because I am.
0: You're. For like it or not, you're somewhat. You're, you are basically the audience's go-to at this point, right? Yeah, I if don't
1: like you, that. If... I don't like that. <laughs> I should not be anybody's voice of authority on anything uh-huh. because I don't know. I don't know what I ate for dinner two hours ago.
0: Look, we're putting the, you know we're putting together a quizzer team. Who mm-hmm. who who's first off the bench? You you got it. You
1: yeah. So I'm, there it is. A, I'm a bad choice though. <laughs> I, if I'm your first draft pick, that's bad.
0: I guess if, if you and and me and Ev and Eric and Lindsay, if that is your bench, people are going for Whitney.
1: <laughs> I guess so. I guess the numbers so. don't I lie. The numbers like don't lie. The blind leading the blind really is what I feel like that is, but <laughs> that's fine.
0: All right. <laughs> so with that, I would like to let's uh, I'll do that and knock on the void and, and turn Whoa. it over to our
1: Charles, <laughs> he Charles it. Nolan.
2: Hello, everybody. It's great to hear from Nolan, you. Great to hear from you. great to hear from you. It's great to hear from you. It feels like it has been eons and seconds at the same time.
1: <laughs> well, that's right. life in a void.
2: Yeah. it is. Some relativity,
0: I believe. I don't know. Interstellar. I, I don't. I, you know. I get it. I get it. But I don't.
2: Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let that sit and just
1: uh, well, uh, let's just marinate. And that, uh, Charles, who's going first?
2: <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Let's roll a die. <laughs> Wait, what? Have we ever done this? We have not. (laughs) What is the? Okay. It's going to be Whitney. (laughs) Alrighty. Alright, here we go. Alright, to start off, Whitney, due to winning the bet mentioned at the beginning of the movie, Ellen is owed a carton of what kind of cigarettes? Oh, no.
1: I know this one.
2: Is it Cool, Camels, or Cloves? Camels. That is correct. On the board. On the board. All right. Andrew. Here we go. Where did Ellen's mom move with Olive? Oh, no. Was it Phoenix, La Mesa, or Albuquerque? Uh... phoenix that is correct all right (laughs) that's it (laughs) That's all i needed whitney yes which store does susan say she loves that they have in north hollywood as opposed (laughs) to the groves cost plus world market (laughs) was it ethan allen pier one or home goods
1: I believe it was Pier 1.
2: That is correct. Nailed it.
1: (laughs) I thought it was funny because I vastly prefer Cost Plus World Market to Pier 1, but they don't have Cost Plus World Market in Pennsylvania, so I thought that was Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm,
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That checks out. They have both in the void. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky. Very. Andrew. Which of the following is not mentioned as one of Luke's muses? Okay. Jonathan Gold, Raymond Chandler, or Thornton Wilder? Thornton Wilder. That is
0: correct. Yeah. (laughs) I remember Jonathan Gold. It was a toss-up. It was a 50-50 shot for me.
2: (laughs) You did a good job.
1: (laughs) By the way, I hate to interrupt, but Charles, Zoe says hello in the chat.
2: Hello, Zoe. (laughs) Zoe. For the final two questions of regulation. All right. Starting with Whitney. How many inpatients had Ellen been a part of before threshold? Four, five, or six? Four. That is correct. Woof. Crushing. Crushing. No one has gotten a question wrong yet. <laughs> Andrew, don't break the streak. <laughs> Damn it! How many millions of dollars did Netflix spend acquiring this movie? I'm done. Oh. Eight, twelve, or eighteen. Uh
0: I'm going to I'm going to go big. I'm going to go uh 18.
2: That is incorrect. Damn it.
1: I'm going to say 12.
2: That is incorrect. Ah, Damn. It was yeah. only 8 million dollars. Only 8 million dollars, as if that's a small amount.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just they were hungry for content, you know. It's one of those situations. I thought maybe there was a bidding war, I don't know. All right.
1: There's a couple of names in it. I get where
0: you're yeah. going.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we do have two questions in a bonus round. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Since we are at the beginning of a new season, let's remind everyone of the bonus round rules. I will read out the question without posing it to any particular person. The players can buzz in at any time to give their answer. Let's Mm -hmm. hear what the buzzers sound like, starting with Whitney. Me. And Andrew. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) All right. All right. Bonus round question number one. There was a double feature playing that one of Ellen's roommates goes to see. What movie were they showing with me? Zombieland. (laughs) Whitney.
1: Shaun of the Dead.
2: That is correct. Nailed it. It's perfect.
0: Two two perfect films. One more perfect than the other, but
1: one yeah. more perfect than the other, but both great in their own.
2: Absolutely. I know nothing of either one. <laughs> <You're> Keanu, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> For the final question of Pop Quiz Asshole. Oh. What beer does Luke order when he and Ellen go out? Is it A. Tsingtao? B. Zhujiang. Or see Yan Jing. Me. Whitney. Sing Tao. That is correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well done.
0: Well done, Whitney.
2: Don't call it a comeback.
0: <laughs>
1: I've been here the whole time.
2: That uh-huh. is how the song goes. <laughs> As anyone listening could probably figure out, the winner for the first pop quiz asshole of season four is Whitney. Called it. Excellent. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Well
0: done. Oh, I I jam out to this song the the whole time.
2: I'm over here. Air guitar. It's perfect. It is very good. <laughs> well, that does bring us to the next segment, which is <gasps> Pop Quiz Audience. Yes! Two things to tackle before we get to this week's questions, which are the answers to the questions from the last episode, and then the winners from last season. <gasps> yeah! We had three questions from the episode on The Bad Batch. Those three questions were, what are the last two words on the official warning outside of the border? The correct answer to that was, good luck. And that was answered correctly by Zoe P. Way to go, Zoe. (coughs) The other two questions went unanswered. They were, what's the name of the soda Jason Momoa drinks the first time we see him? And it is Jizzy Fizz. (laughs) I don't like it. Is right. (laughs) I don't like it. And what's the name of the food stand that sells noodles? It's Noodle Lady. Simple to the point. Simple. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's good branding. You get everything that's on the (laughs) tin. It's a lady who gives you noodles. And that brings us to acknowledging the wonderful listeners and those who play along at home, sending us answers to Pop Quiz audience. Our tally, in reverse order, Helen Moon got one question right. And then perennial favorites, Zoe and Jody, fought pretty hard. Jody got five and Zoe got eight to win the season.
0: Oh, my God. Here you go
2: excellent that's for that's for y'all participating
1: crushing it all of you
2: absolutely crushing it do a laugh so good so good so good we have two questions for this week's pop quiz audience if you would like to play along at home Tweet to me at the Nolan, T-H-E-N-O-W-L-I-N, or use the hashtag popquizaudience with your answers to get a shout out and accumulate points for the end of the season. Our two Pop Quiz Audience questions are, what does the poster say that Ellen has made at the beginning of the movie? And what does Dr. Beckham's coffee mug say? <laughs>
1: Oh, I definitely do not know that one.
2: I don't know either one of those. I it forgot. gave me a chuckle. <laughs> nice.
0: All right. All right. Okay.
1: I okay. don't know the answer to the second one at all. Well,
0: thank you, Charles.
2: Thank you so much. You two continue to be a shining light in my void.
0: <laughs> oh. That
2: means a lot. Yeah. More yeah. than that, really so do great. all of the listeners. Yeah. yeah just hit us all in the are, feels. are
1: beautiful people.
0: They're the best.
2: And so are you, Charles.
1: You're so the just, best, too.
2: If too. I could cry, I would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not constructed that way.
2: So. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. I like it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, Let's guess... get into the plot points, I guess.
0: Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. It's it's uh it's your episode. So,
1: yeah, there's not really too much. I'm definitely going off the Wikipedia for this because a lot of it is montages and stuff. So uh, Ellen is a 20 year old college dropout dealing with anorexia who returns home to the house of her stepmother and father after struggling through an inpatient program and failing to make any progress. With her absentee father unwilling to deal with her, Ellen's stepmother, Susan, sets up sets her up with a specialist, Dr. William Beckham, who is Keanu Reeves, who insists that Ellen join his patient program. Ellen is reluctant to do so because she's now been through many, uh, but her mind is changed by her younger sister. Ellen moves into the house with six other patients that include five young women and Luke, an upbeat ballet dancer who is near recovery from both his anorexia and a knee injury. Luke acts as a moral cheerleader for the other patients and takes a special interest in Ellen, eventually revealing that he is already a fan of Ellen's art. At a family mm. therapy session with Beckham, Ellen's father fails to show up. It is revealed that until 18 months earlier, Ellen was living with her mother, who abandoned her to move to Phoenix, Arizona, with a lesbian lover. I believe wife. I think that might be a little bit of a <laughs> right. uh, Wikipedia modification. Sure and also the that the artwork she posted on Tumblr was cited as an influence by a girl who later committed suicide. Ellen promises to try to do better, but instead continues to lose weight. Ellen makes headway, changing her name to Eli and bonding with the other members of the house. She is surprised, however, when Luke kisses her and admits he is starting to fall in love with her. She panics and quickly rejects him. Later on, she learns that Megan, another woman in the house who was pregnant, miscarried her baby, having resumed her purging after reaching the 12-week mark and believing it was safe. The event sends Eli into a tailspin, which is generous. I don't think that. Had much to do with it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she decides to run away. On her way out, Luke begs her to stay, telling her that he needs her as he realizes that his knee condition is permanent and he will never be able to properly dance again and needs something new to focus on. Eli leaves anyway. Near death, Eli goes to her mother's home in Phoenix. That night, her mother expresses guilt for the postpartum depression that she had after giving birth to Ellen and suggests that she might try feeding Eli with a bottle while rocking her to sleep to help solve both their issues. Eli finds the idea strange, but after her mother tells her that she accepts if she chooses death, she decides to go along with the idea and allows herself to be rocked while her mother feeds her rice milk from a bottle. After eating, Eli goes for a walk at night in the desert. Passing out, she hallucinates that she is in a tree where she kisses Luke, who reveals to her how sick she is. He gives her a piece of coal that is her courage, and she swallows it. Waking up from her dream, Eli decides to return home. She embraces her stepmother and her sister before continuing on to Beckham's patient program. And that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. That was very short and to the point.
0: Yeah. So it's a, it's a lot. Even <laughs> that is a nice summary, but that is not uh, well, necessarily uh, the experience.
1: Also, I'm 90% sure that a man wrote that summary and I would have to do digging into like the edits and whatever to see who submitted it, but uh, that does not have the perspective of a person who is either female or has had a disordered eating uh in what they considered the major plot points. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's the ins and outs of it. We've talked a lot I think about the more i really think this only covers a matter of days this movie and a lot of it hmm. is in a inpatient program in a house so you're not going out not a lot is happening other than conversations and and um montages and so it really does cover everything that happens in the movie but there's also it doesn't really explain everything that happens in the movie yeah
0: yeah is a nuance that is i do (laughs) do believe that i
1: have explained everything that happens in the movie over the course of the last hour and 10 minutes so
0: (laughs) yes absolutely absolutely all right so um it's weird to ask it's weird to ask Mm -hmm. but do you recommend this film
1: i do not recommend this film i think that I do think there's some merit into seeing a world that you've never seen before if you've never experienced an eating disorder or someone who has an eating disorder. Uh, I think that, like, your exposure to it, Andrew, is probably a good thing. But I also Mm -hmm. think that for anyone who struggles in any way, even if you've never had disordered eating, if you've even had thoughts about, like, I should just skip lunch because I, you know, don't like the way I look, this movie can exacerbate that. And I don't think that it will tell you how to do it But I do think that it can help make those feelings worse because everyone in this is like pretty and young and white and a female. And like, you know, like there's a not desirability, but there's definitely a triggering element to it. So I wouldn't recommend it just because I feel like anyone who has experienced any of those thoughts will probably hear those thoughts in their head again as they watch this movie. Even if they don't act on it, I think that I'm not enough. I need to change things about myself in order for people to like me more. Resonates with everybody on the planet to some extent. And that's why I don't recommend this because I think regardless of whether or not you've ever acted on it, you've had those feelings too. And this could potentially make those feelings worse
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm uh yeah I'm not going to recommend uh this film um i it's hard to not recommend you know <laughs> it's a little it's a little hedgy so uh I feel like I came away um with a little bit more knowledge, but again, I don't know if it's the right <laughs> like mm-hmm. if it's correct or what, so I would need to do more but um I feel like this ain't it. (laughs) If I could, you know, like there's probably something out there that you could watch if you didn't want to read a book or watch a documentary, if you wanted to watch a film, I'm sure there are things out there that explore this in more relevant ways. Uh, I'll say that. So Mm -hmm. it's ultimately not a recommend for me. However, I will say that. I got to give it up because Keanu is still surprising us, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the next movie, spoilers for what I'm about to say in 3 minutes, right? Is John Wick 2. Mm-hmm. Right? The movie before this was The Bad Batch. And yes. then you have this yeah. right in the there's middle.
1: A, there's a lot happening. Uh,
0: again, uh, we this is exactly why we struggled <laughs> with <laughs> who to pick next because this range that we're experiencing right here is kind of cra- it's It's crazy to, it to behold.
1: It is crazy.
0: So uh, if you were a completionist, you know, probably watch this. But ultimately, if you're just casual, I'm sure that if you're just casually following along, I think what Whitney said, plus the plot, you marry those two things together. That's that's probably where you're going to be. <laughs> All right. So. Uh where is this going to fit on your Keanu ranking Whitney?
1: So I have put it at number 41 which is uh Below Street King. Sorry everybody that it's so low. I feel really unpopular <laughs> with Street Kings being at 40.
0: <laughs> at you above, had your chance.
1: And <laughs> Above Flying which I have at 42.
0: Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's going to go right above um the sleepy spaghetti movie I love you to death for me at number 45 okay. so pretty much right down in the same yeah um,
1: same, same neighborhood same, uh, same general area
0: world. you know and I feel like I probably you know at this I I when the next reckoning whenever that is I feel like I didn't give the watcher enough credit down here at 44 that's what I'm I'm thinking that mm-hmm. should have moved up maybe 10 spots also but mm-hmm. uh you know whatever
1: we just so, did a reckoning. I feel like it's a little bit late <laughs> no, to be.
0: The next one literally won't be until what? twenty twenty 20, th- many years from now. <laughs> yeah, so, a while. Damn it. Now.
1: We got a while. We got
0: to go decades here. You
1: have to deal with your, the consequences of your actions. You made your right. watcher bed and now you have to lie in it.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, okay. No recommends, ranked, all that's logged. Let's talk next week. Uh, As I said, I will be stepping us through John Wick, chapter two. Holy shit. (laughs) I'm thinking he's back. Uh, Of course. Uh, Yeah. Of course, I mean, the incomparable Eric Hall will be joining us. On that episode, he's the one who will be back because uh, I believe you and you and him saw a very fancy version of, of John Wick. If I remember the story correctly, fancy, a very fancy, fancy version of John Wick. So we'll have to hear about that. Uh-huh. Uh, very fancy experience there. Um, I assume you're looking forward to this, Whitney.
1: <laughs> uh, yes.
0: <laughs> when was the last time you watched John Wick Chapter Two?
1: That's a good question. Uh, it definitely, I've seen it since it was in theaters. Um, but I feel like it was a while ago now. I think it was... Maybe I watched it before 3 came out to like hype myself up for 3. But I do think it's probably been a, at least a year.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'm... I I just got these all I got the whole set on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Like at the trilogy thing. It was like the nice pack that they released. Uh and it was before <laughs> uh the pandemic. So yes. January maybe. <laughs> so yeah. I watched all 3 in a row on Blu-ray in January. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, but I am excited to revisit it. It's a film it, that is in that very rare class of I will watch this a million times. Yes. I cannot say that about Enumerable many films. Immovable time, <laughs> right? Does not matter. It is on. It is being watched. So yes. very excited to talk about that.
1: Hi 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 hi.
0: Yeah, I believe we will be. Hopefully, uh, unfortunately, Zoe, I think we're streaming that one on Monday evening if we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but stay tuned. Things may move and change. But for right now, let's th- let's let's think Monday uh, for that one.
1: Yeah, I believe we're planning on doing it Monday, but we will keep in mind that some of you will not be able to do it if uh, live streams, if we do them on weeknights. So we, we will keep that in mind moving forward.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That brings us to the end. We did it. We got through. We did it. We did it. Uh, Whitney, if someone wanted to listen to you elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, if they're like, you know what? She's so insightful. What else does she have to say? Where else does she have to say it?
1: Where would they look? Um, At Historical Hotties is my podcast where we discuss different categories of people throughout history and talk about which people that fall into those categories are the sexiest. Um. We our most recent episode was drummers that came out. So we talked about some of the sexiest drummers in history. Yeah. Um, And coming up, we are just about to record and I believe in a week re- release swimmers. So we're talking about the hottest swimmers in history. Um, so, yeah, that's. And then I have not been on almost better than silence recently because I've mostly been dealing with unemployment and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe that I am going to record an Almost Better Than Silence and talk about video games this weekend. So keep an eye out for me there if you want to hear me talk about video games. All right. I haven't played anything. But
0: but just the news in general.
1: I'll I'll talk about the uh, EA press conference, probably in the Sony press conference. Nice. um, E3 didn't happen. I did watch all of the stuff on YouTube, so... There I really want to play the video game that's a stray cat with a backpack on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm probably gonna buy a PlayStation 5 specifically Just, uh, so I can play, be one of the first people to play the game where you're a stray cat wearing a backpack.
0: Yeah, that that threw us all that threw me for a loop. I was like, are we playing as the robots? Why is this cat here? Nope. We're playing no. as the cat. You play as cat in robot post-apocalypse. And I'm like, well Sold.
1: (laughs) Whoever whoever pitched that game deserves a raise because they really have their finger on the pulse of the video game buying public. (laughs) Everyone I've talked to who has seen that trailer has been like, I really desperately want to play that game.
0: Right. This... We've had five generations of PlayStation to build up to the greatest graphical <laughs> prowess of all time. You get to play as a cat with it's a backpack.
1: Great cat with a backpack.
0: <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm excited. I want to hear you talk about the cat in the backpack thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to tune in when you do. Uh, you can find me uh, on the internet at dark driving. That's Twitter and Instagram. I have not posted much on Instagram because I'm just in my house. And that's, you know, doing the right thing. And I don't have, you can, you, you can only take so many it. pictures of your house, I guess.
1: True facts.
0: So uh, I guess just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I have some cool stuff coming up. And then we will also be rolling out over time. I'm in the planning stages of the new site for our Kurt Russell thing. And just mm-hmm. follow follow here, follow there. You'll, you'll be on board. It'll be also, great. It'll be great.
1: Uh this is not for sure yet. Nothing settled, but I may be adopting a dog by about this time next week.
2: Yeah uh, fingers so crossed.
1: Follow my Instagram, Whitney Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N with no underscore. It's an underscore on Twitter, no underscore on Instagram, where I plan to be posting a lot of pictures of an adopted dog who's very handsome but also has googly eyes.
0: Eleven out of ten with pet for infinity
1: (laughs) infinity as i as i said on twitter it's definitely a dog that i would kill a lot of men for (laughs) so fingers Uh crossed i will be successfully adopting this dog and posting instagrams of it
0: i love it (laughs) all right i am uh i'll press this button like i always do that kicks on chat whitney Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is always great. Highlighted by week. Uh, In the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Just a heads up. Yeah. At
1: some point, I somehow knocked my audio interface from the ledge above me onto my lap and unplugged my headphones. So you may have to edit <laughs> around that. I don't know if it was apparent on the live stream.
0: I didn't hear anything, but it's
1: a thing I do. Uh, I'm sitting <laughs> completely stationary and knocked over my audio in- interface from above me somehow. So
0: hey, you know that's that's a gravity for that's, you. <laughs> Did Tricky. I ever
1: tell you about the time that I walked face first into the wall because I missed my bedroom door by about two feet? <laughs> I walked into it face no. first so hard I snapped my glasses in half.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And I was what? 100% sober. I was not tired. And I somehow missed by two feet the door I walked through a minimum of twice per day every day. <laughs> oh hard enough God. to break my glasses in half. So, it's a you know, I have a unique... I have a very special set of skills.